Hey, thanks again for making the time and uh, joining in as we try to provide this podcast to be a resource uh, to you, for you, and uh, one that's joining us again, a Carolina fan, Miss Tammy Matheny. Tammy, how are you? I'm doing well. I would be better if they won the national championship. But. I know, but we beat Duke twice. Uh, Hubert yeah. Davis had a great first year. Um, when you watched March Madness, what were you expecting from the Tar Heels this year? You know, I, I never knew. I I wasn't one of the fans that that just completely gave up on them. I, I knew there was something inside of them. And but every game it was like, which which team's gonna show up until the first Duke game? And then I really I told my family, I think Carolina could win it. I, and I really believe that. So uh it was a fun ride. And they kept shortening their bench and it was kind of when Garcia left, it was, well, I just look at your books, The Confident Athlete, and uh, just trying to see what does it take to be on a championship team or just play at that level where you never give up, always uh, focus on your teammates. So before we invite Lindsay in, I just wanted to ask you that question. If you were part of a team and you had some great teammates, but you kind of see them either moving away or leaving, whether it's due to the pandemic or just life or a sports team, how do you focus or how do you coach students to focus on the here and now, not on what they've lost? You know, that's the, the number one trait that the best athletes do are when they're in the zone and that's staying in the present moment. And so teaching athletes to stay right here, be where your feet are and just try to win the moment. I use, use the acronym WIN, W-I-N, what's important now. And I think North Carolina did a great job of that. Obviously, Kansas, you know, South Carolina women of just staying here and now, not listening to the outside noise and staying connected. And the last piece I'll add to that is bringing your joy every day, regardless of the situation. And you would hear Coach Davis say that. I heard other athletes, you know, at the Super Bowl, L.A. Rams, I heard that. Just bring your joy. And when you bring your joy, then you <clears> – <throat> you focus on what you get to do instead of what you have to do. And I think of uh, St. Peter's and Coach Holloway just being in the moment, too. That was just a tremendous story. And I could talk basketball forever, especially Carolina basketball. But let's bring in uh, Lindsay Hall. Lindsay, how are you? I think you're still muted, Lindsay. I'm not sure if I did that or if you did that. Can you so hear me now? I can. I, can. I think that was me, but thank you for having me. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And so we're going to talk about uh, your book that you guys just finished, Challenger Deep. But before that, I just want to get a little bit of background about you. So, Lindsay, you first. Where did you grow up and was writing always part of the plan for your life? So I grew up in Ohio, a little town called Lima. Like Most people probably never heard, but it's actually where the show Glee is. She froze up. Yeah. Glee. Can you well, hear me? We can. Uh, let me drop you down. I'll ask Tammy a question, then we'll come right back to okay. you. And so, uh, Tammy, for yourself, your affection for Carolina, did you attend North Carolina? Was that just a family uh, dream? And uh, tell me about your little connection with North Carolina. Um, I graduated from grad school at North Carolina um, in sports admin. So got to do a lot of work in the athletic department, able to meet a lot of the coaches and administrators. But prior to that, I didn't have a chance. I mean, I had baby blue on me as a infant child. And a lot of people often thought I was a boy because my dad just dressed me. <laughs> um, you know, we had season tickets to football games. I did, that was some of my best childhood memories. 
um, I got to see Michael Jordan, his first like scrimmage. And I'm like, who's that skinny guy? And my dad, I remember my dad saying, that guy is going to be one of the best to ever play here. And I was like, no way. So, you know, it's just a family. A lot of my family memories are attached to North Carolina, which makes it even more special. And I've gotten to know Steve Hale. He's a pediatrician here in Vermont now. But I like Challenger Deep. It kind of has Carolina Blue, the confident <laughs> if, athlete. If you notice, too. all my books have a little blue to them. <laughs> that's, that's good. But, Lindsay, let's try this again. Uh, welcome back in. And um, growing up in Ohio, uh, wanting to influence people, was that something that you always wanted to do? Or did that just come as, as life went on? Um, I would say definitely. I mean, when I was little, I always, you know, I like to draw, be creative, put on plays and all that stuff with my family. And it's just something I always like, you know, entertaining and, you know, being around people. I didn't really know what that meant, you know, because that can mean a lot of things that could just been my personality, you know. And so as I, you know, went through high school, went through a little bit of college, that slowly started to make sense to me. Like, okay, like I definitely, you know, I love sports. I love the camaraderie, but how can that translate? I knew I was like past that phase, you know, playing sports. I was like, how can that translate into my everyday life? And so that's when I started working at Planet Fitness and I became um, assistant manager, then general manager. And that's when I really started to realize, okay, I love leadership. I, and I always have been writing since I was in high school, but I never thought it was really going to be a career of mine. I just thought it was something I, you know, I love to do. And so after a while of working at Planet Fitness, I slowly started to feel uncomfortable where I was. And I was like, okay, you know, it's, I feel like that was God being like, it's time for you to make a change. So that led me to slowly just shifting to figure out what it is I wanted to do. And then over time, writing and speaking really came to me like, okay, this is what I want to do, you know, for my life. And this is how I want to influence people. This is Lindsay Hall. You can follow her on Twitter at Hall 11 And that is a Z in there at Hall. 11. In your first book, The Four Forces of Life, I apologize, I do not have uh, pictures of your book behind me. Perhaps it's because you're from Ohio and my wife is from Michigan. Perhaps I'm going to say that. That's <laughs> why. But uh, The Four Forces of Life, talk to me about how this came to be. Yeah, so, um, well, definitely understand the whole Michigan-Ohio State thing, so <laughs> all is forgiven. But um, so I, I have a huge fear of flying, and honestly, since COVID-19 happened, during that time, I really like realized I had a lot of like fears that I didn't know I had. I always saw I was a pretty fearless person. And I think like one kind of like was a domino effect into more and, you know, it just kind of grew. And, you know, Tammy always says what you focus on grows. And so I was focusing on my fears. And I noticed they were just growing and growing. And it was a flight that I had booked to go back to Ohio. And during that time, I was just freaking out all the like a whole month leading up to it. Like I, it was just consuming a lot of my time. And even like when I was on the plane, I was just, I could not, you know, catch my breath. Like I just couldn't think straight. And when I got back home, I was like, there's, there's gotta be more than just feeling this way. Like you can't let fear consume you like this. And obviously I know what the Bible says, but that's so hard sometimes to really, you know, actually put it into practice. And so I was like, you know what, maybe the more I learn about planes, the less scared of them I will be. And I decided to tackle that fear first because that seemed like the easiest one out of all of them and the more rational one. So when I was doing that, I learned about these four forces um, that keep an airplane in the air and they're called thrust, drag, lift, and weight. And the more I started learning about them, the more I was like, huh, this like really can translate into our everyday lives. And it kind of led me to going back to the beginning of my journey of deciding to become a writer and speaker and the struggles I face. And I was able to take those four forces and the struggles that I went through 
and kind of put them all together. And I tell it in a um, first um, person parable. And it's just about a kid and he decides to chase his dream and become a pilot. And during that time, he faces a lot of adversity, trials and, you know, setbacks. And he encounters a um, professor who teaches him these four forces of flight and life and how he can use them to get where he wants to go and always make sure that he's um, staying positive throughout his journey. So, Lindsay, when did this book come out, The Four Forces of Life? <sighs> That's a good question. So I was trying to remember that. Actually, I believe it was February the two months ago wasn't it yeah it was two months ago. so i had surgery and stuff so it's like totally like threw me off because like i released it and then i didn't do anything about it for like three weeks but yeah it was in february at some time i think the beginning maybe the beginning of february now when i think about this book and the concepts that you just shared a lot of us could have used this during the pandemic or the beginning as we prepared mm -hmm. as we look back how well were you prepared for the pandemic Oh, I wasn't. Not at all. Like, not at all, actually. And I think that's why the book came from, because what happened was what, but the pandemic, I should say, prepared me, you know, to go further, because yeah. the whole reason behind it in my journey was I kind of realized death isn't something most people think about. I don't think it's not a pleasant thing. And so when the pandemic happened, I, you know, you kind of had to face that death was happening and it was just becoming more well known, especially, you know, the news was really bringing that to life. And I started realizing if I was to die tomorrow, I didn't do anything I wanted to do with my life. I'm not even close to where I want to be. And that's what made me set down my journey of, you know, moving to Florida, deciding to write. I'm getting in connected with people like Tammy and Amy and John. And it's just been such a blessing to know all these people. And so it really, I wasn't prepared, but then it started to prepare me for what I wanted in the future because I was, I realized I wasn't where I wanted to be. And the John you mentioned is John Gordon. And so uh, many people are familiar with his work. Tammy, I just wanted to uh, transition to you. On Instagram, it's refuse to lose coaching. The number two, refuse to lose coaching on Instagram. Uh, seems, and I say this tongue in cheek, you know I love you because Carolina Connection. Seems a little bit arrogant with uh, the pandemic, but I guess you had this handle before the pandemic. During the last two years now, it's been a lot of losses. How have you been able to adapt the refuse to lose coaching in the midst of what we've all had to process? You know, I really liked what Lindsay said, and I can kind of relate to that. I wasn't prepared at all. Um, and I had a lot of my work thrown back at me by people close to me that kind of helped me get back on track. Hmm. And the pandemic prepared me for stuff that happened that I never even imagined could. Once I got over feeling sorry for myself and opened up to what was possible, and I was able to spread my messages and write a couple more books, and it just has opened up so many doors that I think I had confined before the pandemic. Now, if you would, just uh, share, where did you two meet? Was this, uh, well, where did you meet? Uh, through Amy Ke Kelly. I think Amy's been a guest of yours and, yep. and part of the John Gordon company. And we were doing uh, confidence to Godfidence. There were five of us at yep. women that did this female uh, retreat, online retreat during COVID um, and just how we get true lasting confidence through God. And Lindsay was a part of that. We connected. She had sports background. And so, I was, you know, I had this vision of, of challenger deep for a while but i needed you know we all need people 
And I needed that person to help me like keep pushing it through and add things that, you know, I, I hadn't thought about. And so Lindsay was the, you know, the best teammate for that. So Lindsay, it seems as though you are friends now, but when you were first introduced to Tammy, were you intimidated? The thought of working together, was that pretty exciting? Or what was that process for you knowing that uh, Tammy had this thought, Challenger Deep, you had your ideas as well, but working together, is that something that comes naturally for you? When I, yes, when when I, when I first met Tammy, yeah, the intim of course, the intimidation of like, wow, I like really admired where Tammy was on her journey and like what all she had done. And I, you know, everyone always had great things to say about her and the sports thing too, like the background, like I just felt like I could connect, could connect with Tammy on that level, even though that may not have been like what I per se, you know, wanted to like do as far as like speaking all that, that still was like something that was able like through Tammy's journey and knowledge of that, that's helped me in my like personal life, everything that she teaches and talks about. And um, I was really excited when Tammy reached out to me. It was honestly at a time when I felt a little hopeless, like, okay, like, what am I doing? Like, I I just felt kind of a little lost, you know, I was like, is this what I'm supposed to be doing? And Tammy reached out to me literally, like, within the hour, I was thinking that it was really weird. And she just asked me to like, hey, like, I want you, you know, I could use your help with some things. And it was just awesome. And Tammy's really taught me a lot. And then when she asked me to be a part of Challenger Deep, and she told me I, her idea for it and all of it, I was totally on board because it was just, a, it's a great book and it's just a great idea that Tammy had. I was just happy to be a part of it. And so I love athletics. I've mentioned that numerous times now, but Tammy for you, and I guess again, taking a current event or uh, um, looking at LeBron James, how he is very well known, extremely successful, but sometimes being the leader of a team is difficult. Knowing that you were kind of taking that leader role, how did you have to adjust your passion to allow Lindsay her space and confidence to uh, fit in and join in? You know, it was trial and error. And I was honest with Lindsay that, hey, you know, I sometimes struggle um, in having a somewhat similar role. You know, when I'm a coach and I'm in charge of a team, I don't mind taking on that leadership. When I'm part of a team, I don't have a problem listening to a coach or someone. So this was, you know, something new that I had not been involved with as much. And I think it really helped me learn more about myself and was a good learning situation. Um, so, you know, it, again, I think I probably learned more from it than anyone that reads the book. It, just the whole process of it. So, Tammy, putting you on the spot, is this something you would like to do again or do you prefer writing or being on your own, so to speak? Um, I think there's positives in both. Um, I can get so zoomed focus on one thing and Lindsay's probably behind, you know, she's probably complained about it, but I can get so focused on, I've got to change this story. And then I forget other details. Uh, so I think it definitely he helps to have someone to write with and to, to have to be responsible for and account for when I'm writing on my own, some days I can just write for hours. And then other days it's so hard to just sit down and write. Um, so there is a lot of positives. Um, obviously the positive on your own, it's you, uh, good or bad, it's you. So you're kind of out there and responsible to yourself. So, you know, I, I think I like both ways. Um, I just recently did one with Chip Baker, uh, a consultation uh, for uh, women, 25 women sharing their stories, you know, and I enjoyed that. Again, there were some things that I wish I could have had more control over, but it's a give and take. 
And I, I think it's been good for me to put myself in different situations to learn from. And Chip Baker, uh, the impact of influence. And so uh, I got to speak with him as well. Recently, I uh, interviewed Brian Dodd. Brian Dodd on leadership.com is where you can find more information on him. And he talked about the importance of leadership development, but also leader development. And I know for me, sometimes I focus so much on myself that the rest of the team feels like, hey, are you leading me? And I'm like, yeah, do it on your own. But sometimes <laughs> when you're the lead pastor, so you have to consider the others. Lindsay, are you naturally good at following or was that kind of um, a struggle for you at times? No, for me, following's pretty easy because when I was, when I became the assistant manager at Planet Fitness, that was kind of when I first had like my first, maybe before it wasn't, but when I, you know, had my like spiritual encounter and, you know, I started following Jesus, that kind of became like easy for me. I don't know how to explain that. Like there was no questions asked. I would follow someone if they were going in the right direction, of course. And so when I was assistant, I really liked it, of course, because of course you want to be like, you know, the leader, right? Where people are, you know, looking up to you. But I couldn't do that same thing just being the assistant or even just being an employee. I found that out. I didn't need that title. So it was always kind of easy for me. And with Tammy, it was super easy. Like it wasn't, I know Tammy said like, I, maybe I complained or this, that, but Tammy did awesome. I mean, seriously, like it wasn't like, I never was frustrated with Tammy. I mean, it was, I don't know, it was just easy. And you really don't find that working behind a lot of people. And so for me, following Tammy was very easy because I trust her and her vision. And I've seen and read her stuff. And I know her intentions, if that makes sense. So it's easy to follow someone like that. So I guess if you have the right person, then for me, it's, I mean, it's a no brainer. Well, that's so good. And a pastor told me that uh, during this pandemic, he realized that he could not lead. He just had to follow Jesus. And with what you were saying, like if it's somebody trustworthy, you know, they love and they care about you. They want the best for you. It's easy to follow. And so, uh, Tammy, thank you for being that role model, not just for Lindsay, but so many in uh, all of your books. And I uh, certainly appreciate it. Well, friendship, but um, I, I hate to interrupt here, but it, it does go back to God. And I probably haven't always been the best leader, but when I just turn it over to him and that's a quick saying, I say to myself often, God, give me the words that I need to say to this person or this team right now. And usually I'm at peace when I forget to include God, then it gets a little hairy there. <laughs> so Challenger Deep, uh, talk to me, Tammy, about when that first started to bloom in your head and uh, where did that concept come from? It, it came years ago um, when I work with a team or, you know, I, I like to tell stories to get a point across. You know, when I would sit in church or in the classroom, if the preacher or the teacher could share a story, I could grab a hold of a concept. If they just lectured to me, they probably lost me. And storytelling was a big part of my grandfather and giving me messages. So I've always, you know, connected with stories. So I try to always start or finish uh, every session with teams with some type of story that fits the message. So I had a collection of them and I had a coaches like, hey, you need to put these together. So I was slowly collecting them and, you know, making little ideas about how I wanted to incorporate them. Um, and, and so then again, I had this idea for years, right about after This Is Good came out, I thought, well, that would be a, a perfect, you know, compliment to This Is Good book and just kind of would work on it, but could, just zoomed in on the parts I wanted. So that's, again, where Lindsay came in and helped me with the parts that I was neglecting and helped me get it all, you know, put together. 
Oh, so good. And uh, for myself, I've done it in years past, and then I saw it again this year, about the importance of praying about and thinking about a word that you're going to just filter everything through. And my word this year is resilience. And I just want to be resilient this year after everything everybody's been through the last uh, couple years. But stories, fables, and lessons to help you rise above adversity. I think if there's ever been a time, this is a time that this book needs to be uh, read and the stories need to be shared. Lindsay, when you were brought in and talking about adversity and rising from it, was there a natural affinity for a story that you could relate to or just something you wanted to share? Was there a story in this book that really stands out to you more than others? There's been so many. And like the one that I that stood out at the beginning, maybe isn't so the one that I really resonate with now, if that makes sense. Like it kind of has changed since like the more I've talked about it to other people. <laughs> And I've come up with the golf ball story and, you know, why the golf ball has dimples. And for some reason lately, I'm like, that's the one like that just relates to me so much. And basically, and I'm sure you know which one I'm talking about, but golf balls were originally smooth. So they didn't have, you know, the dimples like it, you know, it does now. And after they would play with them, they realized, you know, back in the day, they would become like dinged up, banged up, have dents in them. And they started to realize that these golf balls, like these used golf balls, were actually going farther than the smoother ones. And so this led manufacturers to, uh, you know, begin to make golf balls with dimples in them. And they come to even find that these golf balls with dimples in them go, uh, like, I think it's like 100 feet farther than the even the smoother ones. And it also gives it, you know, more accuracy whenever they're, you know, hitting the golf ball. And it kind of just got me thinking, too, like, it's so true with adversity and all the things that you go through, like, the more you get hit, the more you get pushed down. Like, even though maybe you were smooth when you were first born, right? You didn't really have any scars or, you know, you're fresh into the world. And as life goes on, you really, you know, you do, you start to get beat up and no one's exempt, exempt from it. No one gets through this life without these things and scratches. But the more you go through them, the more accurate, you know, and the better you become, you know, and the clearer you get on your vision and your purpose. And you can get there, you know, a lot better than you could before you even went through anything because the next time something comes up you're able to take it on and be, um, get through it a lot faster than before and it, you just live a happier life that way too when you're not when you just accept it you know this is what it is kind of when COVID happened I was like no like this is not happening like no this is horrible and then when I accepted it it got a lot better a lot easier and so each time I allow these dings and scratches to make me go farther in life rather than hold me back. Very true. And again, Lindsay Hall makes some time for us today on Twitter. It's Linz Hall 11, L-I-N-Z Hall 11. We're talking about the book Challenger Deep that uh, she's co-written with Tammy Matheny. Tammy, could you just explain the title Challenger Deep? Um, I should let Lindsay explain that. That was, uh, you know, I had like stories to help you rise above adversity, you know, some boring and I said, Lindsay, I, I need, we need, we need something better. And she came back with this whole concept. So Lindsay, share the uh, where the idea came from. Yeah, so um, we were just trying to like figure out something and everything, obviously, that Tammy was sharing with the stories and everything she's talking about, it just comes back to the whole like adversities when you feel like you're at your lowest point and you feel hopeless, right? Like there's just nowhere else to go but up. And so I looked up like what I believe it was like what the deepest part, you know, the lowest part in, you know, the world is or whatever. And Challenger Deep came up, which is the lowest part in the ocean floor. And I'm like, well that's, you know, where you feel like you're at, right? Like it's pitch black. You're at your lowest point. You feel like there's nowhere to go. You don't know what to do next. And that's where Challenger Deep was just perfect because that's exactly what adversity feels like. 
Now, there's a story in the Bible where Jesus asks a sick person, do you want to be healed? And it seems like such a foolish question, but I think some people are so resigned to the fact that their demographics is their destiny or that their failure is final or whatever the cliche is. People get stuck and they almost learn to be content being stuck. Timmy, when you see how people have overcome so much, what passion, positive passion, does it do inside of you when you see someone that they have the question, do you want to be healed? And they're kind of like, no, I kind of like where I am. It, it, I usually take it as a challenge. If that's somebody I'm working with or come into, you know, come across, okay, then this person was put in my path for some reason. And so maybe it's the competitor in me or what, but it, it's like, okay, what can I do to show them a different way or to show them why they want to be healed. Uh, so, yeah, I probably look at it as a, a competition, you know, whether that's good or bad. <laughs> now, what do you do with those individuals where they have not suffered much at all, but in their own minds, and it is relative, they have suffered a little bit. How do you share that they need to be more empathetic to what other people have gone through, but also give some sort of credit to what they're experiencing now. You know, everything we experience is so unique to us. And what I may consider bad, Lindsay may not. Um, you know, I might think what you're going through, Jeff, isn't as bad as, as something else. And I, I think the most important thing is not to compare. And if we can just love and, you know, I heard this the other day uh, on a sermon I was listening to. Love God, love other people. And you don't even have to follow anything else in the Bible because it takes care of itself if you do those two things. And, and so I think coming from a place of love, of loving yourself for what you're going through and giving yourself grace and then being able to love other people and not to judge what they're going through instead of making it oh, well, I'm having to deal with this or, you know, in not having that empathy uh, for someone else. That's good. Uh, Carolina did lose to Kansas in the national championship game, though. So I was kind of bummed out for two days about that. But anyway, I guess it's not as big as other things. But Lindsay, when we think about stories, fables, lessons, parables in the Bible, how important is it that we give credit to a parable, to a story that didn't actually happen, but it has a point that we can all learn from? Sometimes, I know for myself, I discredit that. It's like, yeah, that's a good story, but that's not real life. But it is real life for someone. How do you use fables in these stories to really impact people and let them know that they can rise from that adversity? I think one, it's obviously sharing the fact that you even share the story with someone's huge because you can, a lot of people may have these great things inside of them or these cool stories and they never share them with other people, but that just kind of like robs people the opportunity to maybe learn something new, if that makes sense. So one, obviously just having, you know, the, you know, the guts to share it with someone. And then two, you one, the story, it has to work itself out for them. If that makes sense, you kind of have to let the story do its job mm -hmm. because you can't really something I've learned because I have, you know, friends and family members that, I know they're struggling with things and the more I've like tried and pushed and maybe pushed a little too hard, it didn't really work. But if I just, cause they had weren't ready to receive that, if that makes sense. So a huge thing was just waiting until they were ready to receive that story. And three, some, a lot of times people don't like when, you know, when they're going through something and you go, well, I went through this, you know, and people are like, 
oh my gosh like i know when people do that to me i'm like okay i just want to complain you know i just wanted to complain about what i'm going through i've known some people like that and some people don't so i had to you know know my audience like read the room who's gonna be who wants to know that i've been through this too and i've come to um learn that by just sharing the story and all sometimes you have to say is you know me too or you just sit there with them in silence and you let them go through whatever it is that they're going through I think that really helps with the story and two, maybe just sharing it in a nonchalant way that you've kind of been through something similar, if that makes sense. And that's what I try to do with the four forces is share a story, but it's also a lot of my real struggles I went through. And then I just let people take it, um, you know, for what it is. And if it helps them, that's great. And maybe it won't now, but maybe in five years it will. So. And the title of this book is Challenger Deep, co-authors joining me now, Tammy Matheny and Lindsay Hall. Uh, it seems as though people are becoming more comfortable being vulnerable, whether it's Brene Brown's writing or others. And I think uh, it's important to be vulnerable, but sometimes we do not want to be accountable. We want to share from the deepest resources, but as I mentioned before, we're, we're fine being stuck there. Tammy, how important is it that we have people hold us accountable or bear one another's burdens help us through those devastating times just to make it known that we are not alone? I think it's one of the most important things. I mean, if someone's not holding me accountable, then I, I wouldn't have half this success or, or even just peace that I do have. And have an account. I have an accountability partner that, you know, we check in every other week. And that's so important to me, being accountable to Lindsay for this book, being accountable to my family to provide or whatever it may be. And if we're not accountable, then we're just going to be on this merry-go-round or just like you said, stuck where we are. Um, so I think it's one of the most important traits to not only just be successful, but to be happy and have a sense of peace inside of you. So good. Uh, Tammy Matheny on Twitter. It's R2L Coaching, R, the number two L Coaching on Twitter. Timmy, what is a uh, story that you enjoy most or you share most from your book, Challenger Deep? Well, uh, this is good. Um, I don't know if you've heard me share it before, but I wear it on my wrist. This is good. It's just been a motto that has stuck with me. It was in The Confident Athlete, even wrote a book titled This Is Good based on it. Um you know, it's the first one that I start out with. Um, besides, Lin Lindsay had an introductory story that she actually created on her own in Challenger Deep, which is awesome. Um, and then we lead into This Is Good. So This Is Good's always been near and dear to my heart. Um, but probably the one that's really been popping up, kind of like Lindsay, it, it's kind of evolved. And the one I've been, you know, like pulling from my back pocket to help athletes I'm working with is the eagle and the crow and interesting enough that was my devotion today which that's a whole nother story but at least five of the stories in challenger deep i'm now seeing analogies to stories in the bible uh this is good you can look at paul and silas being in jail and how they were imprisoned and they didn't even escape when they were you know had a chance to and they were like this is good god has a plan and that's ultimately the story of this is good, just about, you know, African folktale. <clears throat> so the eagle and the crow, you know, the crow likes to pick at the eagle and just kind of yap, yap, yap and get on its neck and just bug it and pester it. But what the eagle does is just con continue to rise above and other birds cannot 
fly at the height of the eagle. So the eagle knows if it just continues to go higher, it's going to get rid of all the distractions, all the pestiness. And I think athletes and, and non-athletes just in life in general, sometimes we get bogged down by the distractions or we hear the naysayers. You can even look at North Carolina, all those people that, oh, they don't deserve to be in the NCAA. They didn't listen to that. They just kept rising above. Uh, so that's one that I've really been focusing on. And today, again, uh, my devotion was on Paul, uh, not Paul, on Saul. And when he was named king, how many people, his mm. family members, friends, didn't think he was worthy and they were jealous or they just started talking bad about him. And he just kind of just focused on God. And that was what God had planned for him. And so he tuned out the distractions. So it was one of those aha moments. And the more that I'm reading devotions or the Bible and the more that I'm in challenge or deep, I'm just seeing more and more cross sections, um, how the story is, is secular, but it's also found in the Bible in some shape, way or form. And I think all wisdom comes straight from God. So you can That's... see it in those places. As well. <laughs> Tim, who is this book written for? Um, well, Lindsay had a dedication in it and I did as well. So Lindsay, who did you, what was your, why for the book? Yes. Or for, for me, it was definitely my family, of course, just because like, well, they loved it. Like my grandpa, like you were just saying to me, he literally calls me every other day going, oh, this relates to the Bible this way. And he's <laughs> always doing that too. So it's weird that you said that. And he's even gave me some new stories I'll have to share with you. Okay. He's like, tell Tammy about these. <laughs> um, but um no, for my family and definitely all the people, I think you said the same thing to me, affected by COVID-19, like everyone that's going through this time period who's been impacted by it, which is everyone. So my family and everyone, you know, that's been impacted as well. Um, I dedicated to the John Gordon prayer team. Um, Amy Kelly started during COVID having us meet once a week to share our highlights, to share our hardships and just kind of help each other through. Um, and they really were the group that got me through my challenger deep moments. And, and again, that's that accountability and we need people to help us rise uh, to newer heights or to help us get out of challenger deep. Um, I also mentioned um, one of my first pastors, Dr. Phil Dunford and my grandfather because of their creating that love of stories and both of those men could just like, just mesmerize me with their storytelling. So today uh, that we're recording this, the 12th of April, 2022, my son turns 20 today. 20. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Yeah, it's pretty wild. And so I'm like, huh, I'm 47. My dad's 86. And it just seems like time keeps moving. People keep growing. But in so many ways, I feel like I'm that goofy confident, probably cocky, arrogant, sophomore in college, but now it's my son. And it does cause pause. Like, what is the legacy that I'm leaving? Is it that we can overcome? One thing that I've had to struggle through over the past, well, several years now, it kind of comes and goes, but just anxiety attacks. And we took a flight to Florida. Uh, the flight was delayed, which was fun until the flight was delayed almost two hours on the runway. And I'm like, uh, I think I'm going to have an anxiety attack. And you could feel it coming on. And that gave anxiety about what might happen. So I put in my earbuds and I held my phone watching some show like this close to my face, like two inches from my face. 
because I wanted to forget where I was. I just wanted to focus in something that I felt could get me through. That's a long way of asking how important is just focusing on the right thing when you are going through a difficult time? Well, I, I think, I mean, that's what gets you through. Um, you know, anxiety and pressure, when we feel pressure, ultimately starts with our thoughts. And then we start to really zoom in and focus on that. And Lindsay mentioned it earlier, what we focus on grows. Yeah. And the more you start focusing on what could happen or the what ifs, it just creates more and more. So it's learning to be able to shift your focus to something else, even if it doesn't relate, just like you did, like to a show that has no bearing on the situation. Um, you know, and I, I share that with athletes when I'm working with them. When you start to feel pressure, have that, you know, your your happy space to go to. Um, I do that a lot when I can't sleep at night or I'm getting through a rough workout. I go to my happy place and it's amazing. Then you forget the negative emotions that you're feeling and thinking. And that's what I enjoy so much about this book. And that's just simply not identifying with the negative adversity, but really seeing that there is a way out. So, Lindsay, for you, what would you like your legacy to be? Or people to say after reading this book, they say, hey, Linz Hall, number 11 on Twitter, Linz Hall, 11 on Twitter. Hey, when I read this is what came out, what would you like to hear people say about this book? That you're not alone and that everyone goes through it. No one's exempt and it's okay. And it's okay to feel whatever it is you're feeling, whether you feel despair or hopeless or, you know, depressed or have anxiety that it's not something to be ashamed of. Um, it's something that you should actually embrace. And if you just are vulnerable and say like, hey, this is like you said, more people are being more vulnerable. And I do think that's awesome. Um, like, and I think by just being that way and um, realizing you're not alone, I really hope that's what people take from the book because that's something I struggled with. I never had anxiety before until it was probably like two years ago. All of a sudden it hit me out of nowhere, which was probably brewing for years. And it just kind of smacked me in the face and I didn't know what to do. But by being vulnerable and letting people know what I was going through, I was able to have a team to help me. So I hope people really get that out of the book. Well, ladies, thank you so much for making the time. The name of the book is Challenger Deep. I do encourage you to get Lindsay's book, The Four Forces of Life. And then, Tammy, you have so many books, I don't even have them all listed. But this is good. Challenger Deep, The Confident Athlete. You can all find those at her website, r2lc.com, r2lc.com. Ladies, a pleasure. Thank you so much. We wish you all the best. And uh, just the subtitle, Stories, Fables, and Lessons to Help You Rise Above Adversity. That could be said about all of us. So if we all looked at each of our lives, we could see how we have overcome adversity and where I believe you would agree. God has a plan for our lives, and he has a power to get us through. So let's focus in on him. Ladies, thanks again. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you.